Kia ora, I'm Stephen Moe. I'm a director and impact lawyer. You're listening to Board Matters. In this series, I speak to top New Zealand directors who I met on the Advanced Directors course run by the Institute of Directors. My guests share their unique perspectives on governance and what they've learned along the way. We start with the question, what would the title of your book on governance be and why? Well, joining me today is Julia Chambers, who's a chartered member of the IOD, and she's currently on four boards where she's the chair of one of them. And many of these involve deep tech. Julia, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining me. Kia ora, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because the opening question of the course that we recently attended was, if you were writing a book, what would the title of the book be? So I am curious, what was the title for you? So the title that I chose almost instantaneously and instinctively was The Accidental Director. I am kind of happy to share with you a bit of context around why that was the the title for my book. So I had a journey into governance and and the boardroom that that was just completely accidental. Um, It just involved a lot of um, serendipity and just, you know, kind of being in a place at a time. So I do do a lot of work in the kind of early stage kind of entrepreneurial ecosystem. So, you you know, that, that births a lot of new companies. And of course, like our children, they're, they're pretty hungry, right? They, <laughs> they're hungry for passion. They're hungry for talent and resource, et cetera. And, and there's a limited, you know, there's a limited pool um, around that. And because I was involved, eventually you, you kind of get, you know, tapped on the shoulder. And it was literally, you know, one day I had a conversation from an investor about would I be maybe happy to to mentor a first-time CEO in one of these startup businesses, which then became, oh, we'd really like you to join the board. Um, And at the first board meeting, the, you know, conversation was, you know, I nominate Jules as the chair. And so my very first role was a two-week process of I'm going to help mentor someone who's a first-time startup CEO to being elected the chair of a startup board. So very accidental. Right. So that's the accidental nature is that you weren't, it wasn't like a life plan of, I want to join boards. I want to be a director. It kind of arose from the circumstances of, of these technology companies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Maybe kind of think if I'd had time to think about it, you know, who knows, right. Um, But that's life, you know, things come along and you make decisions to whether or not you think that's going to be you know, interesting, it kind of is aligned with your, you know, values, purpose, et cetera, et cetera. And for me, my reflections now would be, I really do think that governance is a a privilege. I do also think that it is a, a form of service. You know, I really value sort of diverse perspectives and I do recognize that I have a responsibility um, to lead with the behaviors that model my values uh, and I really want to work to bring new voices and experience um, to the table. So I do feel, even though this is a buzzword bingo, I do feel passionate about, about paying it back or even paying it forward. So, you know, I was fortunate in my career. There were lots of people who formally or informally would have supported me and, and mentored me and helped me to have the, you know, the, the opportunities that I had. And, and I do feel that I have... Um, uh, a responsibility, but selfishly, it also brings me a lot of joy to to help other people. But it very quickly became not just the mentorship piece, but that kind of that's how I landed accidentally in, in governance as a, as a director. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, I always love to hear different people's journeys and their stories and how they got to where they are. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that title. I'm guessing that it's about your journey as an accidental director and things maybe that you wish that you'd known. Is that the tone of it or the themes or what what would I get when I open the book? Yeah, that that's absolutely right. You know, because and I guess I've never really, you know, kind of been that sort of person that has the big sort of five-year plan or 10-year plan. You know, over time, I've learned enough about myself and what's important to me to just be able to make sure that I'm positioned in situations that that suit, you know, those values and that purpose. And the rest of it, I'm quite happy as long as I feel that, A, you know, I can make a difference, B, it's adding value and, you know, there's impact, then I, I you know, I'm not the kind of person that would generally have, you know, a, a, a big plan, which means that I end up doing things quite, quite accidentally. So, yeah, I think it's really about the, the reflections of having not planned to be a director or to be in governance. I mean, maybe, yeah, kind of what, what's some of the stuff I've learned and what's some of the stuff that maybe I, I wish I'd known, you know, earlier on. Well, this is great because I'm sure some of the people listening are going, I never planned it either. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what can you give us some insights? Maybe a couple, you know, obviously just thumbnail sketches, but some, what would be some of the chapter headings or some of the themes that were in this book? I think probably one of the the big things for me has really been to con- continue to be true and to honour the things that are important. And that's around, you know, how do we find ways to hear and listen to other views? You know, how do we improve access um, and how do we promote uh, diversity? And I use the term diversity not just in case of, you know, the traditional age, gender, et cetera, et cetera. But again, diversity of thought and diversity of, of views, you know, how how can we be a part of that solution so we don't perpetuate that issue of, you know, someone like us, the someone like us rule prevails over any diversity effort that you might have with within an organization or around the, the, the board table. So, you know, the answer to exclusion is, is not inclusion on the terms of the, the dominant structure or the dominant culture. So, so there's kind of two aspects to this. So, you know, being at the board table, you obviously have, as well as the, the privilege and the honour that is involved in that, you know, you you, you can have in, impact. You know, you do have a leadership position. You can affect, you know, the culture of the organisation, the culture of the board team. And so there is, there is a voice to that. And I feel very motivated around um, making sure that that there's a really big, strong ladder behind me, you know, that next generation of people who we're going to need to be successful in Aotearoa, that next generation of people, those entrepreneurs, those senior leaderships, those execs, those people that are going to, you know, step up to the board table, have, have got a clear and facilitated way of being part of that that narrative and being part of that current conversation. Because I don't think we should be making decisions at the board table that affect the next generation without having that voice as part of that decision set. But that's the traditional structure and that kind of still prevails in my experience. 
Yeah, that's a really good observation, actually, because sometimes we get too settled around the boardroom table and we get comfortable with the faces that we see and that we know. And we forget maybe that one of our primary duties is actually to be actively bringing new people into the board and making sure that there is fresh perspectives that are being offered. One of the things that I really remember um, vividly from the course was when we talked about your depreciation rate and your 20% depreciation rate as a, a as a director. And that, that, that really resonated with me. And that's made me really think about, you know, am I fit for purpose? Am I the best person for today and tomorrow? And, and does it bring me joy? And does it bring me happiness? You know, is there that alignment and, and around values and, and purpose? And so I think, you know, those are great questions and qualities that we should always be asking ourselves and we should always hold ourselves accountable to that. I really like the concept of, you know, effectively making myself redundant. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's that in a way, something that's underlying what you're talking about is that sort of legacy, the sense that you won't be the person there forever. So it's doing the best you can in the moment and then bringing other people on to maybe, you know, the picture will be past the baton <laughs> and that they can keep running and, and keep going and who knows exactly where it's going to go. So Julia, just thinking about the course and towards the end, we were asked a similar question, which was, did the title change for you? Did you find it was reinforced or did, did you actually alter your title of the book? Yeah, that's a great question. I didn't alter the title of my book. And I think um, you've, you've probably just really succinctly resonated with me. You know, my reflection would be that it, it really reinforced that that's just been my experience. And what's really important to me is to be is to be true to that experience. But it allows me the opportunity to reflect and think about, well, why does that matter? And what have I learned? And, you know, if I was speaking to that, that person I'm going to pass the baton on to, you know, are there any real wisdoms and, and learning um, that I've accumulated along the way as part of this journey, which has been, as you can imagine, a real mix of frustration and challenge and real highs and and joy you know there is a lot of joy and happiness so I think yeah for me it just reinforced that yes I, that would be the title it really helped me consolidate my thinking around you know my journey into governance my journey in governance what I've learned what's important and how I can try and hold myself to account and hold myself accountable going forward as I continue for as long or not as that might be. Oh, that's really good. Thank you for those reflections. I have a feeling that we could do a long form version of this podcast and maybe go for an hour downloading everything that you've learned. But I am curious, you know, you've been in this governance space for a while now. What would you say are some trends that you're seeing in terms of where are we heading to or over the next, say, 10 years? Any thoughts for our listeners? No, that's another really great question. I mean, I think, you know, the, the pace of change is increasing, which means that we operate in environments that are increasingly ambiguous. Um, and I think the, the risk profile around a lot of the organizations that we'd be involved in 
would also be you know higher and that rate of change is accelerating which i think comes back to what we talked about with that your personal depreciation you know you have to you just have to you have to just be you just have to hold yourself true to that right you know and it's like and if you know if it's not you anymore then step aside and let someone else you know fill that seat because they're, they're precious right you know those board seats there are organizations that i'm involved with and you know i, I tell you you know we we're we're really precious about you know those seats and who sits in them because of the impact that having the right person the right team can have on you know the health of that organization and if that organization's you know trying to solve a really big environmental problem or whatever it might be then you don't want to get that wrong right so you you know you really feel the the, the weight of, of that responsibility. So my observations would be that maybe what's been acceptable as good in the past is increasingly not going to be acceptable. So it always saddens me whenever I see um, mediocrity, whether that's at the management exec level or whether that's at the, at the board table. So I, I don't think mediocrity is acceptable. There may have been a way to continue with mediocre management teams and boards in the past. I believe increasingly going forward that um, if that is the case, then those organizations will very, very quickly find themselves in trouble. So for me, it's really about how do we elevate from mediocrity into exceptional? What is a, is a governance team and what a director is going to need to look like going forward to to hold themselves to account to be exceptional and to avoid mediocrity and that speaks to things like you know having a high level of intellectual curiosity you know being deliberately decisive in the face of ambiguity you know being a lifelong learner so there's a, there's a lot I think around you know what what expectations we should have of ourselves um, and how we continue to push those expectations. So we're, we're, we're always striving for exceptional and we're not accepting mediocrity. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest transition that we'll see. And I think that's going to accelerate over the next five to 10 years. I really like those reflections. And I think you're right. Sometimes we do settle and, and that's a call. What you're giving us is a call to, to rise even higher, that the standards can be raised. And ultimately that then benefits the organizations that we're involved in, which then ultimately benefits society as well, you know? So yeah, it's really good to hear that. And just thinking as we draw to a close, what's something that you've learned personally, you know, that you could maybe leave our listeners with as a challenge but maybe wrapped in the shape of a gift. So we want them to go away, encourage something that you think that would help them in their careers. Yeah, that's another great question. I guess my aim, as I maybe already said, is always to leave things in a better place than you find them. So it's how how is that achievable? You know, how is it possible to do that? And one of my biggest learnings, I think, in my governance journey has been that it takes, and again, I'm, I'm completely stealing everyone else's uh, words here, but it takes a village. You know, it takes a village to, to raise these children, you know, these organisations. Um, so you can't do it on your own. And so at the board table, you are part of a team. And to, from my perspective, to take the pressure off you as an individual, especially if you're sitting in the chair role, which is one of my biggest learnings about chairing is especially if you sit in the chair role, it's it's not all your responsibility. So the understanding the principle of collective responsibility and how 
to achieve the objective of leaving things in a better place than you found them, that it's going to take a village to do that. And to have the confidence to completely and fully trust and leverage the the whole team and not to take on that responsibility individually, because ultimately you'll burn yourself out if you do that. It's a really good word to end on. And I think it's important, actually, particularly as if you are the chair, that you're actually modeling this idea that we're a team working together. Because ultimately, if you do, if it's just one person who's taking on the weight of the world, then nobody's going to want to come and join that organization because it's clearly not a healthy place. So yeah, that's a really good reminder. So thank you for that. The, The last question is this, do you think that you will write this book? I don't think I will. And the reason I don't think I will is because I work hard to fill my life full of the things that give me the most joy. And so that means that I am very protective of my um, time and, and what I invested in doing. So if I was to make time to write a book, then that would mean I'd have to compromise on something else. And I think I'm probably just not prepared to do that, Steve. And I think I'm really comfortable with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Well, I'm really appreciative of your time that you've given up for this. And at least now we have a download of what the key points would be in the book. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I've really learned a lot actually listening and been reminded of some things myself. So thank you um, for joining us, Julia. And we really appreciate your time and um, sharing your insights with us today. My pleasure. This is Stephen Rowe, and you've been listening to Board Matters, presented by the Institute of Directors, the professional body for directors in Aotearoa, New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode and you're keen to listen to more, then why not subscribe, leave a rating, and check out some of the other episodes in this series. Thanks for listening. Kakiteano.